how's it going everybody uh, at wrong podcast because that's uh observer radio never mind mm. oh welcome to the rcr podcast this is uh the roman or nick hi i'm brian or mr regular and uh yeah this was kind of a weird week i guess um just released the honda goldwing video mm-hmm. and that's uh out hopefully uh people are enjoying it uh doing more motorcycles in the future i guess i read the wrong torque rating i said it had 200 and something pound feet of torque which would be you know earth shattering news that's what a v8 makes but um no it has like 100 horse 100 torque or something like that or maybe 100 horse not out of a 1. 100 horse probably 84 pound feet of torque or something like that hmm. um i must have been thinking of the number 200 and i had this problem at the last real job i had which was logistics which was spreadsheets which was numbers and i would read a number i would see a number and i would type a different number because i was thinking of that number it's like in my head was the prices right wheel just going around just numbers and oh i hated it i got held back no I failed freshman algebra, algebra one in high school. Mm. And I had to go to summer school. It was either that or take it the next year. And I didn't want to, because if I took it the next year, then, you know, it would be a a year of that stuff. And uh, as opposed to just moving on to algebra two, which had the better teacher. Yeah. Um, but going to, uh, I gotta remember my mic technique. I talk louder than you, so I can have the microphone farther away. Um, I'm just thinking of Kutztown University Radio, where our mics were turned way down, um, and we like spoke directly into them. Yeah. And then there was a compressor in between that. And all the other stuff. So you, you didn't really have to worry about your hard peas. The mics we're using right now don't have muffs on them, which is something I should order. But these are larger than eh, I think a regular muff would fit. Eh, just something to add to the next Amazon order. Anyway, summer school. I went to summer school for uh, Algebra 1. And it was weird. I knew one girl in it who was also, who had this, who I think was either in my algebra class or had the same teacher, just a different period during the day. And we both agreed that that teacher sucked. And because it was, when you get a teacher who's on his last year, sometimes they get super cool because they don't care anymore. And sometimes they just haul that Apple box onto the, into the front of the class and start ranting about all the things that are wrong in the world. (laughs) And it's your fault. It's your generation. So that was Mr. Greenswig. He's dead now. Yeah. Um, my mom had him. You oh, know. good Lord. Yeah. This was 1996. Um, and uh, there should be a cap on how long you can teach before you're mandated a year off or something like that. Yeah. Because some teachers do it well, but it's like the human being just doing the same thing. 
you start to some teachers just start to resent their own students and i could see that i mean i substitute taught for six years but um i could see how some people would get weird after 10 years of just horny teenagers all the time yeah anyway summer school um I knew I was going to where the bad kids were. Like, oh, you failed a class, you're a bad kid. And the bad kids go to summer school. And it was. Like, I was with people who couldn't sit still, who talked back in class, who got mouthy. And I didn't really know that it had everything to do with, like, parents and socioeconomic stuff. But... Huh. summer school I, I resented being there and I was so embarrassed that I was there mm. like I thought I was a good kid I never talked in class I had my books ready when the teacher came in I sat up straight I didn't mumble but I still failed algebra because well you can't reason with numbers either they're, either they're the right number or the wrong number yeah it didn't matter how many times they tried to explain it to me, which uh, it, it just never got through. I remember in uh, college, I had to, I was so bad at math that they had to send me to the most sort of remedial math class that they could come up with, which was basically just logic, which technically counted as a mm -hmm. math class. And I, even then, I only barely passed because for whatever reason, me and numbers, they we just don't track, you know, mm -hmm. Um it's almost a liberal arts major cliche, yeah. but I mean, I am absolutely terrible at math and this is why, you know, car repairs tend to be sort of an, like when we were working on the fit that one time mm -hmm. and it's a ma matter of measuring, you know, degrees and all this other stuff of just trying to figure out what goes where and how much space you have and yeah. all this other stuff. I'm just, you know with the dynamat and other stuff of trying to figure out, you know, how much we need to seal this phantom <laughs> leak that we can't find. I don't know how big this apartment is because how do you measure square feet? Well, you take the outside. Yeah. It becomes the peanuts adults. Yeah. You know, wah, 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 wah. Like, I don't know. It's got two rooms and a bedroom and a kitchen. Yeah, but the square footage. So I'm doing that thing where I, I guess I had to estimate it here. Anyway. Well, for taxes of how big your office is right. by square foot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as car repair and math goes, we're in a position now where I can just spend my way away from responsibilities. And by that, I mean going to Lowe's and getting the torque, the electronic torque wrench where you punch the number in how many pound feet of torque 20 okay you put in 20 on the on the wrench and you keep turning it and it goes beep 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 okay you've turned it enough you're done i had one of the old style torque wrenches where you had to do math it had a turny handle like a handle in a handle like you were giving somebody an indian burn and uh cultural appropriation and that one clicked if you did it right 
the wrench would click when you got there, but it, it gave you no indication that you were getting close. And I remember doing head bolts on my GS500, and I'm like, am I feel like I'm really tight in this, and I'm getting, am I getting close or not? And I'm just waiting for that click. This one, as you start getting close, it goes like um, like a backup camera with a sensor going beep, 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 beep. Okay, I'm getting close. A little bit more and beep, you're done. Hmm. Oh, and it also vibrates like like a video game controller. Hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, how does it? Was hundred dollars. <laughs> oh, it sounds like it was worth every penny. Yeah. To not do math. <laughs> yeah, not do math and don't break a head bolt. It's, it's, or, or don't, don't or, or anything that's gonna have to. Oh crap! You broke it off in the crankcase. So yeah, yeah. It's like an a, a, analogy for you know loot boxes and microtransactions in video games. You're paying not to play the game, mm. and now you're sort of cranking this wrench so that you can get away from the whole business of doing math. And I was totally at the time, you know, in college and in high school, being on that, you know math can suck a dick all that other stuff even though math is technically the only way that anything happens yes in the world <laughs> you know it's this peculiar you know nucleus of everything and they say you know oh a lot of students will say oh when am i ever going to use this in my life blah, blah 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 and you know realizing it now i kind of wish that i had paid attention more but knowing me i it wouldn't have mattered mm -hmm. because there's just no way to sort of make that connection you know if if the uh you know if it's not connecting then mm -hmm. you can't make two separate uh, i don't know it's weird and on the flip side when i hear people say oh i don't know what to write about like who frees up at a blank page mm. it, i don't understand that yeah. just start writing move your move your hand it, it's it's that easy yeah, but what's and and they're thinking in terms of what's right to write. Yeah. Well, what's the correct thing to write? Newsflash: there is none. You know, standardized spelling wasn't even a thing until what fifteen hundred. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I think we had this sort of. Um, I, I, I can't think of a. Oh, analogy I'm sorry. For it's, it. it's it's well into the seventeen hundreds when standardized spelling. Sure, came around I, I always thought it was around 1500s okay. around there because that would have I'm, been i'm trying to remember shakespeare and that was 16... that was the no that was the uh tudor era of british history so that would have been like 15 like 64 ish around there i i want to say but i'm not entirely sure oh, okay uh but yeah it's one of those things where uh it's not exactly Middle English, but it's not our English either. Right. It's like this weird cross section of grammar and right. you know vocabulary. I mean, you can you can get Shakespeare stuff in in the early modern English. I'm making air quotes here. Yeah. And it's unreadable. Yeah. I mean, how many classes do people have in college have to read? especially if you're you know an english major do you have to read milton yeah and the canterbury tales you know how many times are you just sitting there pouring over the reeves tale that you have to and there's the little annotations at the bottom to help you make heads or tails of it because a lot of people can't read middle english now granted i couldn't either i mean i just read the spark notes and then i would read what the story was about i would spoil the whole thing because who the hell cares mm this isn't thor ragnarok here <laughs> i i don't care what happens i, I want to pass this class yeah i think it's great and and to me i don't care if i know the ending 
of a story. I don't care if someone spoils a movie because I'm more interested in how you got there. Yeah. Um, like I never saw Memento and I, you know, haha, I saw the ending and the beginning and the beginning and the ending, but I'm just more interested in the mechanics and how it works Yeah. or, or how you, how you got from point A to point C via point B. Anyway. Yeah. I think there's that kind of narrative, uh, lack of cohesion where there are people who just want to get to the end of a thing rather than experiencing the totality of it. Yeah. Uh, not to be too on current events, but house of cards, for instance, mm-hmm. it's one of those series where, um, people just wanted to get to the downfall of how does the whole thing come crashing down? Well, and, well, 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 <laughs> no, uh, it, it's it, imagine and, if that became the story. That kind of that's better than what they probably could have come up with. I, this I don't know what's more. Well, I mean th- that's a stupid thing to say. No, it's upsetting what Spacey did, but I also find it upsetting that season five was so bad that I don't care mm. what happens to the show anymore. Um, because that was almost exquisitely bad television. Mm. Um, to the point where even in today's modern climate, where you know the the fiction that they write can't live up to the standard of the wild reality we live in it's still pretty ridiculous you know um, that's a good line the fiction written cannot keep up with the wild reality we live in yeah it's a good line thanks but uh and i think part of it is just when you're looking at a, a piece of of a work and sort of thinking about what the end goal is a lot of times people miss out on the more important middle stages of it you know we're in a culture where people abhor spoilers and i understand why Mm -hmm. but again you know if something can be ruined just by telling you what the ending is then it wasn't really much of an experience in the first place Mm -hmm. because there wasn't something substantive there you Mm -hmm. know now granted there's more to it than just how you get there like yes the ending is a huge part of the media we consume but there has to be an understanding that you can't take media in pieces it has to be the totality of the work right so mm-hmm. yeah but man that was that was rough like that spacey thing think about it it's exactly seven or eight days, I think that we're, we're recording this on November 6th and it's been about exactly one week since that thing broke. And in one week, that's done. it done, done, donezo two time Oscar winner, Tony winner, beloved person. But, but the thing is, is that like, even when I was an entertainment reporter, it was one of those things where it was kind of assumed that, uh, he was kind of a lecherous person, not, you know, rapey or anything but that he would hit on people right you know because i used to okay so basically i used to be an entertainment writer uh, a reporter for an entertainment website and uh one of the websites that uh were part of my list of sources one of them was a, a source that i would never use just because there was no way of verifying any of it but it would kind of get point me in the direction of stories and it was basically this blind item website where it would tell you a story but leave out the names and leave you to infer who it was 
And on at least three of the stories, I'm like, this is Kevin Spacey. <laughs> like, this is clearly <laughs> Kevin, because the way that they're wording it, it's like, you know, this award, this Oscar winner who's now, you know, a multi-time Emmy nominee on a popular prestige drama. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is Kevin Spacey. Yeah. And, you know, it's talking about him hitting on dudes at nightclubs. And it's one of those things where, you know, you don't think that it's going to be so far onto the other end of the spectrum where, you know, he's doing these heinous things. But, you know, it's one of those things where you just assume that's what Hollywood is like. Right. Um, and now this is the problem of people just assume that that's how, how Hollywood is supposed to be like. And uh, I was telling a friend of mine because he was kind of worried, you know, oh man, what if something comes out about Brian Cranston or Tom Hanks? Or, right. And I'm just thinking, you know, that terrifies me too. But at some point we kind of have to be willing to lose our heroes if it means sort of cleaning things up and making it mm-hmm. a better business for people to actually be in. Mm-hmm. That you're not freaking out about what some crazy asshole is going to do when you're alone with them in a trailer. Yeah. So, I don't know. Sorry, I keep adjusting my microphone. Either I'm moving or it's moving. Mm. Pretty sure it's moving. So it's like the eyes of Mona Lisa. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, But it is kind of terrifying how easily the the House of pun intended uh, Mm -hmm. House of Cards came crumbling down just in that. Well, okay, it's never one accusation that does it. It's usually a torrent of multiple Mm -hmm. ones. But um, I don't know. It's I I think uh. We kind of live in a culture where nothing can really stay secret for long right uh so yeah it's kind of terrifying and comforting in the same way in that bad behavior the truth will out but by the same token you know it's easier to affect a mob mentality of certain things you know if you can sort of have people brought forward without trial necessarily yeah that was some we were talking about yesterday while filming mm. and you said uh, kevin spacey will never see his day in court as he probably should like like well the way you know, wait the statute of limitations is up on the one on the initial some of the accusations uh the if the guy who was assaulted on the set of house of cards which basically amounted to you know Spacey putting his hand on his crotch and uh, then like cornering him in a trailer. Now, if that guy wants to press charges, like I think they're still good. Mm. Um, But it's one of those things where, and I'm sure when you've been an open secret for this long, it's kind of hard to imagine that there aren't more people out there with worse stories who could come forward. But I think the important part about it is just, I don't know. Like it, I just keep coming back to it of, like, can we admire anyone anymore? Mm. Like, because that dude was, like, one of my favorite actors. American Beauty is one of my favorite movies. And now it, you know, takes on this whole new level of creepiness. Yeah. And, Mm. fucking hell. Don't be shitty, people. It's not hard to not, you know, be a lecherous asshole to people. Or at least it shouldn't be hard, you know? But then by the same token, I'm kind of concerned about, you know, what things am I saying, you know, that I think are innocuous that I don't realize. And it goes back to the Dale documentary. I accidentally, I didn't think that I was being transphobic in that. 
because in my mind, basically, quick. Uh, I thought it was a funny joke. Yeah, but you were you were just you were just trying to pair two ideas for make a, a funniness a funny quip, and and I'll say it. What her her morality was as fluid as her gender. Yeah, more or less. Uh, okay. And uh, but here's the thing: is the reason that it never occurred to me as something that would be portrayed as transphobic was because I didn't view uh, Carmichael as mm-hmm. a sort of transgendered person in the sense that I didn't think that they truly identified as a different sex. I don't I think thought- so either. I think the, the person, I think Carmichael was uh, someone who was involved so much in themselves yeah. and was on planet Carmichael, had no... Probably he's easily a sociopath. Had no compassion for everybody. Was responsible of the death of one person, yeah. and and cheated people out of millions of dollars. Adjusted for inflation, what what was it in like the seventies? It was something like four million or something like that. Yeah, and adjusted for inflation, that's something like a hundred million dollars. Yeah, it's so some fuck absurd, car, Michael. But... You've lost the you've lost the ability to hide behind anything. The the second you become a federal criminal. Yeah. And my thing about it was this is a person who's not truly identifying with the other gender. It's someone who's co-opting that struggle to further evade law enforcement. Exactly. But somebody on Twitter who was a transgendered individual uh, sort of explained where they were coming from. And all I could really do was just apologize deeply because you don't realize in that moment how some of the things you say can hurt people without really intending it to because you don't want it to come across as though you're minimizing the mm-hmm. experience of what certain people are going through. Right. And I understand that, okay, maybe we live in a PC culture, but I think that's kind of the price we pay for sort of, um, I don't know, making people feel more welcome. You know, it's, I, I don't think that people should necessarily feel like they have to walk on eggshells, but by the same token, I don't think that we should just be throwing around words willy nilly because words are the biggest currency we have in this ridiculous world, you know, where it feels like nothing has value anymore, mm-hmm. but words still have value if we give them value, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, sorry, I'm stepping off the soapbox, but yeah. Uh, we'll we'll find a balance yeah with this uh, we always will and human beings are learning how to adjust their signs the symbols that is spoken language uh, it's it's not easy to take these amorphous thoughts and put them into concrete code which is all language is these phonemes that i'm making through the shape of my mouth and my vocal cords now if you really want to get existential about it that's all this is is a bunch of go out in the woods and hike the appalachian trail blah 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 stop talking about the appalachian Trail. (laughs) but out there is where words disappear where, where language no longer where at least spoken language no longer exists certainly there is there is a language going on out there, but it isn't one that, one that we speak. Um, it's it's the language of the sharpness of the rocks as they push through your shoes, as you feel them through the bottom of the shoes. It's it's the slickness on top of 
fallen logs that have been there for at least 20 years mm-hmm. um, that are uh, slowly decaying. It's the mud-like substance of uh, packed down leaves over many seasons. Uh, it's, it's the smell of a faraway campfire. It's something that I know this is a young adult novel, or at least presented as such in the school system, but uh, Steinbeck's The Pearl. Mm. In the very beginning of that, Steinbeck was referring to things such as the song of the... He, uh, I forget the main character's name, but he, he heard the song of family. He heard the song of community. And students think, are, are people singing about family? Are people singing about... Uh, their neighbors no um, it's a way for Steinbeck to explain how someone with a limited vocabulary which these very poor people of La Paz may have had who wouldn't have written language certainly they were illiterate would be able to you to he is describing in our language feelings that people are experiencing who don't have the language to express themselves. So the, the unique feeling that you have on Christmas time or that unique feeling that you described, I hate Black Friday and you love it, that line that you have saying nestled in the warm bosom of, of commerce. commerce. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it, and it well, as you were saying to your point of just the differences in feeling you know um because i mean well you don't like it at all no no uh it's very ang i'm cynical about it because i worked in retail Mm. people buying things made in china to erase the mistakes they made in their life (laughs) (laughs) they're buying they're people going to boscovs and buying rugs under which to sweep their problems um yeah yeah that was a, right. yeah. um never under sentence in a preposition <laughs> yeah that's like robert sack's character in beavis and <laughs> <Butt-Hats. laughs> you're representing the united states government <laughs> never end a sentence with a preposition do you know in that camper in which off they were whacking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's better. Yeah. But I think, and my grandmother is kind of, well, not anymore, but she was like that. In when I was growing up, she was kind of a hoarder and she would go to Boscov's and spend most of the day there. And she would come back with like a bag full of things. She was, she would use to work in a fabric outlet mm-hmm. um, or factory. And, uh, so her, most of her paycheck would kind of go towards buying this frivolous shit. And it's the recognition that in Puerto Rico, she grew up dirt poor and mm-hmm. didn't have anything. And so it's kind of, you, there's comfort in commerce in yeah. the idea that through the acquisition of things, I become more powerful, you know, yeah. than you can possibly imagine. But also a kind of sign of, status in a way even though you know you have a room packed full of all sorts of stuff that you're never going to do anything with i mean when she uh moved out and into the uh, apartment the the 
senior citizens' apartments. Um, there was a ton of stuff we had to get rid of, and we just wouldn't tell her because knowing her, she would want to keep everything. But that that can't necessarily be how it works. You know, most of it just goes to Goodwill or yeah. somewhere else. And it's, I understand why that type of thing happens, but you know, it's kind of anathema to me in that I don't understand why you would want to have a bunch of things that you're not doing anything with. Yeah. Um, but eh, I mean, I think it's how many people have cars that they never, like my uncle has a Camaro from, he got it brand new. And I want to say like 2009. Uh huh. And I think I've only ever seen him drive it once. And it was to his daughter's wedding. Wow. And, uh, like the, a super low mile 09 Camaro. Yeah. Uh, and it's just sitting under a cover, you know, in oh, his outside. garage. Oh, no, oh, in the garage. In, in the garage, okay, but under right. a cover. Yeah. That's but, good. That's good. Um, I haven't seen this car. I know he still has it, but I have not seen this car in legit eight years ish around there. I mean, yeah. or, well, yeah. Yeah. I only saw it when he got it. Well, if it has cloth seats, cloth seats are doing are going to do well. If it has leather seats, they may start cracking. Mm. Eh. It's like yeah. my dad and his Cressida. Of course, that thing lives outside. Yeah. It's not too bad looking. Um, he'll, he, that car will follow him to the grave. Mm. I mean, and I mean, it'll make it as as he just drives it a little bit and has a rebuilt top end and the transmission shifts fine. Only thing it needs is rear struts and a new driver's seat. Because the leather's all pulling apart. And, yeah. Um, it's like four-way adjustable things. It do fine with a set of Sparkos. Every time I see the Cressida, it looks kind of showroom-worthy. It's not too bad. It's got yeah. one dent in it. It's got some pitting, but it's fine. Um, one of the first reviews. And that's just by virtue of proximity, you know? Yeah. Has, has your dad ever seen any of the videos? Yeah, he watches them now. <laughs> oh, that's... Hmm. He likes them. Dad's dad's come around that I live off of YouTube. He wasn't... He wasn't that... You see how I'm, I'm pausing here? Yeah. He would have been proud if I would have remained a teacher mm. but now I think he's fine with it yeah in that he's I think yeah he's fine with it because one day he spoke to me in the voice he tried to do it <laughs> oh. so I'm like okay alright if you're doing that I think you're, yeah I can't even imagine yeah. that that yeah, was really awkward for me <laughs> the, um... and now he knows it so he's gonna do it more because that's what dads do yeah um uh, I think it was maybe seeing video or something of the car meet in that I was approved of by other people. Therefore, he could approve of me. Mm. But in the beginning, like I told him, I never told my parents that I, that I quit working at the logistics company. Um, and well, I've talked about this before, but um, I told them I was working for an auto blog and um, the bit with uh, Travis Olkulski wasn't lying. Like, yes, I was working for Road and Track. Yeah. Not telling him that that was just a footnote to this YouTube thing. And later on, they, they kind of got the picture. But, but Dad said to me one time in the kitchen, uh, he said, uh, you know, I don't really like some of the things you say. 
And I can't remember what I said to that. I probably agreed with him. It's like, yeah, I can see that. But but the thing is, I think at that point he knew that I was making a living off of it. Because if it was maybe like four years earlier, that would have been followed up by, you know, if an employer sees that. Mm. Which is why in the beginning, you know, there was no faces and anything. Yeah. No faces, no names. Yeah. Nothing. And, you know, it, I think not everyone in my family really understands it. My, uh, my mom is, and my brother and my sister, like they get it. Um, although it took my mom a minute to sort of get around to it of, wait, you can actually make money doing this. And also wait, I thought you were writing for this website and also wait, are you, wait, since when do you sing like that type of thing? (laughs) Well, yeah, it's, it's, well, I mean, I did, theater in high school so it's not like i had never you know opened my mouth before Mm -hmm. um but you know it was kind of one of those things of like wait why do you play guitar now Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm like well technically if you ever hear me play i kind of don't Mm -hmm. but it's one of those things where um i don't know i started playing guitar because i wanted to do a cover of uh, or I, i was thinking like a i wish someone would do like an acoustic version of this is how we do it by Montel Mm. Jordan and then I looked on YouTube thinking like oh this will be great if someone else has done it and no one else had done it and I was annoyed and so I'm like oh well let me learn this song myself and try to do it myself and um then this was around the time where like I started going or where I came on to RCR Mm -hmm. and uh you know you're like well you do music could you like do some stuff for the thing and I'm like oh okay and so it kind of like ballooned or snowballed out from there. But yeah, it wasn't anything that I really intended on doing mm-hmm. um, at first. That reminds me, there's a video coming up. It's another reverse one. Oh, yeah. In that where Nick voices it or Nick does the narrations and I got to come up with a song. Hmm. I'm going to use a drum set that I hardly ever use because I had this whole idea of starting a band, which I still have a thing that mm-hmm. I want to have all we really need is like another guitar players or a bass bass player and we have something yeah. we got at least three people tim strickler is always game oh tim strickler is a man for all seasons yeah and it's an electronic drum set so it, it's easy it, electronic drum sets here's the dumb thing about them they travel easy once they're packed <laughs> but an acoustic drum set breaks down easier it's just wing nuts hmm. that thing has a mess of wires and everything's fragile on it. So it's 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 a pain in the ass to set up, but traveling is easy. Hmm. A acoustic drum set travels difficult because you got cases, everything's big. Man. Um bass drum, Christ's sake. That's symbols that you have to protect. Um that thing's just practice pads. Um Yeah. And uh and it can do lots of different effects and stuff like that. It's a Yamaha DTX Explorer, if anything, if anybody's wondering. I mean, I did have a uh, an idea for a Christmas song that would require percussion. Okay. Um, in that I would record it and sort of uh, send it to you, and you could maybe think of, because basically, um, the the idea that I had for the Christmas song is the um songs that I did for the fire truck review, mm-hmm. and just sort of how you get a kid 
interested in cars is to just get them a fire truck for Christmas. Yeah. But, um, and this is for people who kind of like, you know, missed out, but basically I do a Christmas song for the channel every year. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know that there's going to be a video for it, but. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm going away for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm going down to Jacksonville. I'll uh, check my email to see who's around. I am going to film something while I'm down there. I'm not taking all my gear. I'm just taking my GoPro. Yeah. Um, because I'm not taking any check bags. I'm not driving to Jacksonville. Screw that. I'm yeah, flying. screw that. Nah. Uh, um, uh, American does have a direct Philly to Jacksonville. No stops. Um, and I mean, I'll just do some like point of view or the quickies. Yeah. Where I just think of jokes and then drive it for a little bit. Yeah. I'll do some stuff down there. Or like gorilla style, like a two CV. Yeah, just, yeah. You know, uh, uh, do do the walk around with the GoPro. Yeah, and then just throw it on the head or something. Farrah does that. Of course, he has a little gimbal that steadies it. Speaking of, well, actually, this isn't speaking of Farrah, but because somehow I conflated the two in my mind. You made your national TV debut oh, yeah. this past week yeah. on a uh, fusion on uh, Cars versus America. Deep. Deep. deep cable deep cable oh god we're talking like <laughs> and, and i mean i'm sure it's great stuff but i mean yeah i i don't know what package you have to have to get this channel fusion network and we were talking like okay F- fusion is a new network um created by univision mm. but i don't know what it's it's i think i read the blurb it said like millennial focused youth brand something <sighs> so what exactly does that mean anything no uh i guess you got some reality shows like uh, some people yucking it up around a coffee table like this have a game show that's a modern version of nick arcade oh god i loved nick arcade <laughs> with the host <laughs> phil moore <laughs> That was, well, I mean, wasn't that basically what your segment was of, it was the four of you guys sitting around a table and, well, what is this show? It's, it's Raph Orlove. And Michael Balaban. Yeah. And it's basically a show. Well, I mean, it's a show about cars. Okay. Uh, think Top Gear. Think, oh wait, it, it's a road trip show. Mm. That's it. Um. They get a car, they drive to a place, and then they meet the locals. Mm. That's it. And so they were in Pennsylvania and asking you about what's so great about Pennsylvania. Yeah. Hmm. Um, they were doing uh, four by four stuff off um, in Roush Creek, and the day went really long. And uh, um. I got up really early because I thought they needed me there early. And I said, can I just show up at 10 or something like that? Yeah. And then they said they weren't done yet. They weren't done yet. They weren't done that. And then in the evening, they finally showed up at that at that ice cream pra- place in uh, Pine Grove. Mm. Pine Grove. <laughs> and we, we were drinking Pennsylvania Dutch birch beer that kind of <laughs> looked like Miller Lite. <laughs> yeah. Because they didn't have beer there. Um, uh I didn't see the whole episode because they're not streaming it. And uh, I 
think my parents, no, my parents have Comcast and they don't have the package that has Fusion. What I saw in that trailer, uh, um, oh, classic hip hop. Oh, Beastie Boys. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that trailer, that, that conversation was more cut up than Mixmaster Mike <laughs> working the ones and twos. I should have just said Grandmaster Flash or something yeah. like that. That's going back to something. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I saw the preview in the article. Terminator X. <laughs> for the DJ for Public Enemy. Hmm. Terminator X. Nice. I mean, I saw... sampled. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. Oh no, no, sorry. no! Go ahead, go, go. People say I do that, and I do do that. Like when when they hear me talk, they said, "Mr. Regular sounds like he's just waiting for his turn to speak." And sometimes I am. Yeah, I'm the same again, way. I know. My bigger problem is I'll interrupt with something that doesn't have it. I'm like freaking red ban on yeah. Rogan of Rogan saying like, but but seriously, Brian. The, do you think this is actually good radio? Like, does anyone actually want to hear this? Story? Like, when he interrupted to tell this stupid ass story about Olive Garden, this was years ago. Okay, but um, and Rogan was just like, yeah, but why would you interrupt to tell that story? Like, what's the point of that story? Like, we're in the middle of a relatively decent conversation, and you interrupt to tell this story about the Olive Garden, how the Olive Garden is great, and it's just a very weird. I mean, it's kind of weird. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of glad he's not on the show anymore, if only because the him being a punching like okay, Red Brian Redband isn't great, but him being like the punching bag for that show was getting kind of uncomfortable after mm. a while. So, but no, um, he's good when he's a guest. Yeah, good when he's a guest. Yeah, but it's one of those things where you know you can't be on all the time, and or yeah. otherwise it gets to be kind of eh. yeah. I think. I think show I think podcasts that are always three ways where you have three hosts just like that old joke about three ways somebody who gets left out <laughs> there's always something yeah it didn't work that way with a smoking tire that was almost always Farah Hayes and Clapman yeah now it's Farah and Clapman and whoever the guest is and I, and I think their intern would come in the thing about the smoking tire is I know every single guest like every time this stuff goes on it's usually journalists it's usually Jalopnik or people in the automotive industry I know who they are and I know their voice so I can keep up if there's maybe four people on mic or five people on mic I know what they're talking about I know who's who but I can understand how a heavy show like that maybe be hard to take if you're not already invested in the content or invested in that world Mm. um yeah. Well, Terminator X. <laughs> ah, Savior. He he sampled uh Queen. Uh Flash Gordon oh, in Flash. one of his tracks. Ah, Savior <laughs> of the Universe. Yeah. Oh god, such a good. That's one of the that's one of the most underrated Queen songs. That and Who Wants to Live Forever from a uh, Highlander. Oh yeah. There can be only but uh, I think um, with uh, the whole Fusion TV thing, I think it's nice in the sense of, like, I knew that you would film the thing and that it was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to happen this soon. Me neither. And, and so, I didn't know I was going to be, like, interviewed. I thought I would be a 
a outlier character, maybe a consultant. Mm. Like, hey, what's around in PA? And maybe that. But the I get there, and the one mic guy is like, okay, let's get you mic'd up. Now, I'm very ticklish. So I kept taking the mic clip away from him and say, look, I will just go up under my shirt, mm. do it myself. And this guy was just in full production mode. And I can understand from his point, he needs the mic in a certain place. So they get, it's, 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 uh, this is a Hunter S. Thompson line, but he goes under my shirt with no quarter ass and none given, you know, <laughs> just, and, and of course and I, I jerk and I tense up and he gets weird. I'm like, look, I know where to clip this. This is the power pack and this is the transmitter. Clip it back here. I'm fine. So. Yeah, done this before. Done this. Name my first rodeo. Yeah, gears between gears and gasoline, and when we were when we first started doing Ask RCR, and there was the lavalier mics, and yeah, we were yeah. trying to get that going. Yeah, but um, I think uh, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat with uh, there's this documentary that I was asked to be a part of about the Dale, mm-hmm. and because I did that RCR stories episode on the Dale, um, they said, well, could you uh talk with us about the dale and everything and so they're going to be in my town on saturday to interview me about it and i didn't realize it was going to be like an on-camera thing that i'm basically a talking head in this documentary Mm -hmm. which i don't mind like that's fine um i mean i don't really consider myself an authority it's just that i did all that research so recently that it's still sort of fresh in my head um even though i couldn't even remember that the person who perpetrated the crime the first name was liz Mm -hmm. so i just called her carmichael but I think uh, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, if you're asked to participate in something, I'm one of those people who's kind of like an easy yes. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. sure, why not? You know? Yeah. Except um, the Marauder, uh, Dominic, uh, the guy who's Marauder we did, mm-hmm. um, he has a show in uh, PA in December. And he asked if I wanted to open for him. And I'm, well, but like I, I, I passed because I'm very, very self-conscious about my guitar playing. And also, you know, my originals are all, you know, car songs, like, you know, the off of the album, it's all about cars and sort of comedy stuff. And I don't think the crowds would mesh. Because normally when I'll do an open mic, I don't know what I'm going to do before I go up there. And I go up there and see what kind of crowd I have. And then I decide, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, but, I mean, at an open mic, most of the things I do are covers anyway. But if I were opening for someone, I wouldn't be doing covers. I would probably be doing originals. And I don't feel like I have the depth of catalog to sort of justify it. And even more than that, you know, I don't feel like my guitar playing is up to some, like my guitar playing is fine for sort of a drunk guy at a frat party wanting to Uh, like whip it out and play Wonderwall. It's like, Oh God, who gave Josh a guitar? (laughs) You know? Oh, he's out here. Oh, you're going to play. Don't look back in anger. Like, Oh, 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 we're having a bush party like night in the woods. And then the one guy with the guitar, Time to play socially aware rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just sort of making eyes at, you know, her name is Heather. That's all we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever she is, her name is Heather. But, or Julie. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. And, and But I, I was flattered and, you know, it's great and all this other stuff. And I don't know. One day I'll get to that point. It's just like for now, I don't really have time to dedicate to the craft of like properly 
sort of learning it. Also, I kind of feel like my skills have plateaued to a certain degree of mm-hmm. that. I have these ingrained habits that I would have to unlearn, you know, in a Yoda type of unlearn what you have learned kind of way. Yeah. So that takes time and I'm working on RCR story stuff. So, yeah. you know, but, um, speaking of RCR, I'm going to do ask RCR. Now, this is something that I keep forgetting to mention of all the podcasts we keep doing. But if you want to submit a question for ask RCR, you go to our subreddit, r slash regular car reviews. Um, and there will be a thread there for, uh, I believe the thread isn't actually titled Ask RCR, that it's questions for Ask Mr. Regular back when this uh, segment was still called Ask Mr. Regular. Mm. Yeah, it says new submissions for Ask Mr. Regular. And so I have to update it with a new thread at some point. But you go there, submit a question, and uh, hopefully we'll read it on the air at the end of you know our podcast each week. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, here we go. Um when you look at reviewing cars, do you prefer them to be near stock or would you consider something regardless of the amount of mods on it? Uh, we might be doing a car that's super heavily modified. Um, I still have to talk to the guy. I don't think you're going to be around for it because that is... Well, we'll go over there to my desk and look at the calendar. Mm. That really doesn't matter whether it's stock or modified I'm more interested in the owner, the condition of the car. Will it make it here or near enough? And the maturity of the owner. Is it your car or is it really in your parents' name? Is it in your parents' name? Well, then I got to talk to your parents. Yeah. It's not your property, is it? So now say if I did a Viper or a Halo car, you know, a Mark IV Supra. Yeah. Then I want it stock. If it's something cool, I, I do lean more towards stock cars. Really, I, I do. Like like the the K car that we may never get. That mm-hmm. I never say never, but um, the Dodge Aries, Plymouth Reliant. Excuse me. Ooh. Or. You know, an Acura legend from like 99 or something. Yeah, I want it stock. Um, the uh, the reverse review that's coming out. The, you need to record after this. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. So uh, that not only was stock, but taken super back to stock because I was restored. Mm. So, and when it comes to cars like that, then that doesn't matter. Yeah. If it's if it's been rebuilt or not. I mean, in that condition you almost expect it. If that thing was, you know, original unrestored, I don't know if that car would have even come out. It'd been worth too much money. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that. Um what is a car slash driving law that shouldn't exist and one that should? This is, could be PA specific, if you want. But... Uh fifty mile per hour school zone. Mm. That's a moneymaker right there. Should be twenty five. 15 miles an hour for eight blocks 15 miles an hour really i get it it's only for like a few 15 minutes but really you want to piss people off go through a school zone at at the recommended speed there's one out there in freedensburg it's on it's on up pa route 443 you know that that's a 45 mile an hour speed limit dropping to 15 as it approaches blue mountain elementary west 
be that guy who drives at 15 miles an hour past the school. No one's crossing there. There is no crosswalks in front of that school. 15 miles an hour. Yeah. We had, uh, when I was in high school, we had this new assistant principal who turns out was cool. He, he rode a Honda Valkyrie. I, I was friends with him when I was a substitute teacher years later. But when he got into the school as a new assistant principal, he got it in his head to enforce the 15-mile-an-hour speed limit within the school grounds. Now, Blue Mountain High School has a long, long driveway. We called it the Y. I mean, it's almost a quarter mile. It's, it's way back away from the road. It's this big loop that goes in. I mean, it's not a quarter mile from the road to the school, but if you count it, the loop around to get back. So he had a radar gun and was sitting out there on the drivewalk trying to give students detention for going faster than 15 miles an hour. And eventually the school board told him, knock it off, because then the bus driver started protest. Because what the bus driver said, okay, you want to go 50 miles an hour, they would go 50 miles an hour. They'd put their four-ways on <laughs> and creep up that hill. And eventually that was interfering with uh, uh, first uh, the morning bells. Because mm. that was unified that all the buses did. And for our area, it was a big school. So you had this backup line of buses just... Dun, 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 dun. I don't know why I'm doing dragnet. They're like the buses coming in the Shawshank. That. And eventually, like, we were all laughing about it. And then they said, just knock it off. So absurdly low speed limits for the sole purpose of revenue generation. That's one that shouldn't exist. But I recognize that, you know, every now and then... You'll pop a guy with bad tags or has a warrant for, you know, has a warrant out for arrest. And that's normally the way people go to the metal clink. Yeah. They, uh, they, they get pulled over for taillight out or speeding or so forth. And then they run the plate and everything. Oh, and license and stuff. So then there was a second part to that question. What's one that should exist? Uh, yeah, should. Hmm. There, there's some things that I think I would have to find something that you could implement without needing a whole new department of bureaucracy to affect. I think graduated licenses are a good idea for cars. Um, and even motorcycles, really. I mean, the idea that you can get a permit and go out and buy a Busa or an R1, that's nuts. Um, with an 18-year-old brain piloting something like that or even put an 18 year old brain in a mustang gt sn95 that's still 225 and, and no driver aids that's why they crash mm -hmm. um they're not used to that rear wheel drives thing and nothing helping you you know make fun of the modular ford v8 but it's still going to the rear wheels and there's nothing helping you but i disagree with anything that bloats that bloats government so It'd be neat to be able to p police uh, driver distraction with, you know, people looking down at their phones. We all see it. You see it in your rearview mirror. Someone comes to the light. You look in your rearview mirror and already their eyes are down. Yeah. But maybe this is cynical, but I think nature is looking for a way to thin the herds. Mm-hmm. 
So here you go. Drive the <laughs> drive seventy miles an hour and look at this. Yeah. <laughs> look down. Well, you do that. That's uh, capital M Mother Nature. Yeah. Uh, doing her thing. Um. I can... So I don't know what. What what law should exist? Because you can't litigate stupidity. Um. Do you want GPS trackers? Well, you can buy them now. Um, decibel limits on stereos. Limits on window tint. We already really have that. Of course, I'm against anything that... that takes away individual freedom in a very libertarian sense i feel you should modify the car is your property you should be able to do whatever you want to it you own that thing that's yours Hmm. Um, with the exception of leases and so forth uh what laws really should exist It would be neat if they started enforcing left lane bandits more. Like, look, you're not passing anybody. You're riding the left lane. That would be but nice. that's a law that kind of exists in Pennsylvania anyway. But it'd be neat if, if they enforced it. Or at least gave you a warning. Like, not even ticket you. But yeah. of course, they want their $109 obeying traffic devices ticket. Mm. That'd be neat. Put a corridor in on 222. Say, no cruising in the left lane unless you're passing somebody. But then when traffic gets backed up, you need both lanes. So I don't really have an answer for what law they should exist. Well, I mean, I'm sure if you think of something, it's a question we can come back to. But either way, um, that'll just about do it for us. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank and you. And hope you guys have a great week. I'm Nick or the Roman. I'm Brian, Mr. Regular. And I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening. Stretching.